0: six-week series called The Gospel Before Christ. In this series, Pastor Danny Cook takes us through Old Testament passages that foreshadow Jesus. Because, friends, the whole Bible points to Jesus, and the Old Testament is filled with stories that show how God's redemptive plan was to be fulfilled in His Son. This week, we see God's promise to take our punishment. In Genesis chapter 15, God's promise to Abraham paints us a picture of the cross of Christ. When God made a covenant with Abraham to bless everyone, he promised to take the punishment if either side failed to keep the covenant. Now, here's Pastor Danny Cook with this week's message. Oh man, it is good to be together. Thank you guys for being here this evening. Uh, overcoming some weather adversity and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, In case you're wondering, the Cowboys game is not worth watching right now uh, because it's a pretty ugly reality. All right, Commander friends over there. All right, okay. Yeah, Texans friends. Okay, fair enough. Texans friends. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, man, uh, don't worry. It's 27 to 7, uh, and and, uh, so everybody just kind of Chill out for a second, and uh, let's talk about the gospel, and uh, leave that alone for a little bit, and we'll get back to it in just a little while. You guys remember uh, at Epic when we sing the song "Father Abraham"? Yeah, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them. So are you. So let's praise the Lord, right? Yeah, Abraham is the father, right, of 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 our faith in a number of ways, uh, and. What we're going to learn tonight is we can trace the gospel back to Abraham. Last week, we talked for just a little bit um, about the promise of Jesus uh, that we found. And um, we know that in the very moment where Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit and their eyes were opened to good and evil, God made a promise. God made a promise. He promised Jesus to you and me. He promised us Jesus. Genesis 3.15, it's the hope for all humanity. It's the crushing of the serpent's head. It's the crushing of the enemy's skull. We win, overcoming evil with goodness. This is who God is. God promised Jesus. He sent Jesus. He crushed Satan. He overcame sin and death so that we can live today and for all eternity in an anointed, obedient relationship with God. What we learned today is, is that that continues. It continued on in the life of Abraham. You know, Romans, uh, in Romans chapter four, Paul talks about how Abraham is not only the father of relationship with the Lord, he's also the father of Christianity. Oftentimes we may not think of him that way, but he is. We can, we can, we can take the, uh, the gospel message all the way back to Abraham. This promise that God made with Abraham, it points to the cross. And we're going to get there in just a second. But when God promised Abraham to bless everyone, God promised to take our punishment. That's what we're going to learn. This covenant that God made with Abraham was God's way of saying, whether you get it right or whether you get it wrong, I'm taking the punishment for you. We learned this all the way back thousands and thousands of years ago to this man named Abraham, who was representing all of humanity in this covenant relationship. It is some really, really remarkable good news, which is why we know it as the gospel, right? And so Genesis chapter 15 is where we're going to be this evening. And uh, so let's, uh, let's get there. While you're turning there, uh, God first appeared to Abraham. Uh, we, you're going to read tonight that his name was Abram at this time before he uh, had a name change. Uh, but he first appeared to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Uh, And what he did in Genesis chapter 12 was he promised to bless all people through Abraham. Now, the interesting thing is this blessing of Abraham was contingent. He who at that point was childless, it was contingent upon him having a son. By Genesis 15, Abraham is still without a child. Some time has passed and he seems to be understandably doubting God's promise And so we pick it up in chapter 15 um, with these words. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. Abram said, You've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. He's sitting there and he's confused as to how God's promise is going to be fulfilled through him. And so what God does is God reaffirms his promise to Abraham. Verse four, he says, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and he said, look up at the sky, count the stars, if you indeed can count them. He said to him, so shall your offspring be. And then in this moment Abraham did something that set in motion your and my faith. In that moment Abraham believed God. Abraham believed the Lord, verse 6, and he credited and God credited it to him as righteousness. This belief is what Paul is referring to when he's writing to the church in Rome. And then, of course, God then finalizes this covenant, this promise with Abraham. He finalizes it, and in the terms of this covenant, we're going to see the second example of the gospel B.C. in this series. See, God instructed, if you read in between what we're reading, God instructed Abraham to take a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each of them three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Sacrificial system was in full effect. Abram brought all of these to him, cut them in two, arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. And then something interesting happened. God put him to sleep. Abraham went to sleep in a deep sleep. We pick it up in verse 17. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. Y'all hang on to that for just a second. Verse 18, here it is. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. He said, to your descendants, I give this land from the wadi of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Rephites, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. You guys pick up the gospel in there? The gospel was not the good news that I could say all those names tonight. But it felt pretty good to get to say them all, just, so, just for the record. But no, this is, the, you see this, verse 18. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. To understand the gospel message, we have to understand covenant. We have to understand this covenant relationship here. In the ancient Near East, there was a covenant that was established, it was an agreement that came with benefits it also came with obligations and it also came with consequences if either party failed to uphold the covenant countries used these in order to establish alliances to establish trade and they also used in times where they were establishing peace between them this was a covenant relationship. Now, interestingly enough, this covenant that God and Abram are entering into in the covenant, God established with Abraham. Abraham represented all of humanity. He represented you and me today and God represented himself. So we have this relationship, God the father, Abram, and God is making a covenant with Abraham. Now, Abraham cut these animals in half, and he laid the halves side by side, and then something interesting happened. Normally in this situation, from spiritual matters, it would have been Abram that passed between making the covenant with God. But if you notice in the verses 17, it says, When the sun had set, a smoking firepot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. In this covenant, God himself was the one that was passing between the pieces. Now, this is an important piece of this puzzle. Because in this moment, God was symbolizing that he would take the consequences of violating the covenant. Interestingly enough, God was never at risk of violating the covenant with Abraham. We know the character of God. We know the integrity of God. We know that God is good. We know that God is true. We know that God is the plumb line for all people of all time here on this earth. We know that, and in all of of, of the universe. God is the measuring stick. And so it was never a risk whether God was going to betray the covenant or not. But what was in question is whether humanity would honor the covenant or not. But by God being the one to pass through the covenant, God was the one saying, I will take the punishment whether you follow the covenant or not. Whether people, whether humanity follows in agreement or not, God would take the covenant. This symbolism is explained in Jeremiah 34, 18. 18. he says, those who have violated my covenant and not fulfilled the terms of the covenant they made before me, I will treat like the calf they cut in two and then walk between its pieces. God's saying that's what he'll do for you and me. This is what God will do for you and me because normally humanity, if we, if we betray and we've made that covenant with the Lord. We're the ones that pay the price. But because God walked between the halves in this covenant relationship, because God did not ask Abraham to pass through, he put Abraham to sleep and God passed through himself. And so here's what, here's what God is saying in this moment. You will be a blessing. And if either party fails to keep the promise made today, I, God, will take the punishment now this is completely countercultural totally countercultural because on our in our earth the way that, that things operate here the thought that a righteous person would willingly die for someone else especially someone who is not deserving of the gift of life it's at odds with the system of the world that we live in isn't it That thought process that someone who is innocent would die for somebody who is guilty, it's at odds. The world's value system in Abraham's day as well as in our day today says that a person is responsible for the mistakes that they make. That's the value system in which we live with here. This covenant that God is making with Abraham and consequently you and me, all of humanity, it's kind of like... If you and I were to go to the bank and uh, we take a loan out in order to buy a house, then something happens to us and we can't afford to make our payments. It's like the bank would say, no worries. We'll just assume the responsibility for that. You enjoy living in the house. It just wouldn't happen, would it? That's exactly what God is saying here. The Abrahamic covenant God proclaimed the good news that God has decided to forgive your sins and take the punishment for those sins. That's what this covenant is. This is the good news. This is the gospel. Whether you get it right or not, God was sending Jesus. God sent Jesus in order for you to have life, in order for you to get what you and I don't deserve. This is the gospel, BC. This is the gospel before Jesus showed up here on this earth. Now, here we are, 21st century. We're on this side of the cross like we talked about last week. Hindsight being 2020, we can look and we can see this covenant. We then can fast forward to Christ showing up here on this earth. We then can fast forward through Christ's death, burial and resurrection all the way to today. And it is so easy for us to read this, this um, commentaries and the scripture and look back and know the story and take it completely for granted. I mean, we say Jesus died on a cross like it was something that happens every day. Sometimes we'll talk about this covenant between Abraham and God, and it's just like, yeah, of course that happened. Because it's just, it's just, we've known this for so long. We see that God fulfilled his promise. We know that God sent Jesus to take the punishment for your sins and my sins. We know that God sent Jesus so that you and I can be brought back to life and into a relationship with the Lord. But the question is, how often do we take that for granted? How often have we heard the story and we take it for granted? And the answer is every single time we choose to go our own way instead of God's way. Every little white lie, every little fib, every time we spend all our money on ourselves or our family, every time we place possessions over people, every time we say one thing and do another, and we can go on and on and on. All the times we take this for granted. Well, of course Jesus died for our sins. We're forgiven of everything. God chose to take the punishment, whether you follow him or not. That is earth-shattering, earth-shaking. It's the good news. You and I, we got a freedom to do whatever we want to do. The freedom to do whatever you want to do. And quite frankly, you can make a pretty good life on your own, can't you? People do it all the time. Make a pretty good life on their own. But... When you choose to follow God and his ways, that's when life becomes different. It becomes supernatural. Things change in a way where there's meaning and there's hope, where there was emptiness, where there was a chasing after the wind, where there was a wondering if you would ever accomplish the goal. There is this change that takes place when we get to experience the way that God intended life to be. Because when we experience how God intended life to be, you know what begins to happen? Comparison begins to decline. Because it's not about what other people are doing versus what we're doing and not doing. But comparison begins to, to change. Success and the definition of success changes. What matters becomes clear. And the best of all, the pressure valve. It gets released The pressure valve of life here on this earth, when we follow in the way of God, this pressure valve, it gets released. Now, oftentimes we like to to put more pressure on ourselves afterwards and then let God release it and then put it back on. It's the sixth cycle that happens. But when we live life in a way that God intended it to be, things change. You know, we right now as as a church are in kind of an interesting time. We're in kind of an interesting time right now. And uh, and it's, it's really kind of the perfect time to give what we're talking about here a go, how things just change. When we submit ourselves to the Lord, when we follow God in his way, it's just changed. Because here's the question. Where are we going to be on March 3rd? Anybody know? <laughs> right? That's exactly right. Yeah, where are we going to be on March 3rd? Well, here's how living under the Abrahamic covenant... And following Jesus plays out for us as a church. Are you ready for it? Yes, here it is. Wherever we will be, we will be together. Whether it's a tent with no plumbing and no heating and no cooling and just a big fan and a trench out back, I'm just kidding, not the trench. We'd at least get a really nice porta potty for us or whether it's a facility that's got AC and heat and all that kind of stuff, whether it's a place that's bigger than this or littler than this or whatever, what we know is wherever we will be, we'll be together. See, this is different than the world in which we live says. There should be a different plan in place. Well, it's not for lack of trying, I'll give you. I'll tell you that. But what we do know is wherever we will be, we will be together. See, our world says success equals a building. Success equals bigger, better, faster, further every year, up into the right, year over year. That's what success says. Success for us says, will we ever have a building that's our own? The answer is we will have one when God gives us one. Wherever we will be, to, we will be together, we'll have one when God gives us one. See, God's economy is different. Some can look at what I've just explained to you here on what we're going to be doing on March 3rd as failure. Not big enough vision, not big enough dream, poor leadership. There's a lot of phrases that can be assigned to what I've just put before you because this is countercultural. And we fight normal, not just for the sake of fighting normal, we don't do that. We've just learned in what we believe as supernaturally a redefining of what matters most for Legacy Church. And so we trust in a, in a way that we believe, we hope, we pray that God's will is happening through us in the way God wants it to be. Now here's something that I'd like to do today, because in true form, the way the Abrahamic covenant works is we're going to take what I just described and what I just talked to, we're going to take it a step further. We're going to take this just a, another step further, you know, because this is, this is, this is like what Jesus did when, when, when he says, you know, hey, um, you know, you've heard it said that you are to not commit adultery, but I tell you, don't even look at a woman lustfully. See, Jesus takes it to a whole nother level. Well, we're gonna do that this evening. And what I'd like to do today is I'd like for us to pray together. I'd like for us to pray together for some specific audiences that there is an Abrahamic covenant. There was the gospel before Jesus ever walked this earth. That was for them. It was for you and me and them and people all over the world. And they have no idea that the Abrahamic covenant leads to Jesus, which leads to a changed life. And they're living in a different way today. We're gonna pray to people who are not, pray for people who are not living under the fullness of this covenant. We live under this remarkable gospel. Here we are, tonight, right here, right now. We live under this remarkable gospel in this remarkable land with this remarkable amount of resources phenomenal resources. Not everybody on this earth is living like we are today. There are people in America who are clamoring for the American dream. They think that is the answer. How much is enough? Just a little bit more. That's that idea. People are clamoring for this dream. There are people at the border between here and Mexico that have no idea what their eternity is. They are unsure of what their eternity is. There are people in Ukraine, Russia, Israel, Palestine, China, Taiwan. I can go on and on and on. People all over the world. That they live under a certain system that they believe brings security, but it's a false sense of security. They need the peace of the Lord. They need the hope of heaven. They need things to change. They need the good news of this gospel. And that's what we read tonight, that God said he would take their penalty. There are people fighting all over the world for things that are far less than what God has in store for them. People who are at war over things that are killing people every single day. For something that is not the gospel. They need the peace of the Lord. They need the hope of heaven. They need the good news because God sacrificed his son for them. He sacrificed his son for them. And our band's gonna make their way back up. And as they're making their way back up, I just I was just kind of hoping that we could pray for the salvation of people who have no idea this covenant that was made by God, God promising that he would take the penalty, he would take the punishment, whether they uphold their end of the bargain or not. And he made good on his promise, and they're still trying to live life defined by their own worldview as opposed to God's worldview. So can we take just a few moments? We're just going to respond by praying over this. We We have the benefit of living under this covenant. There are people that are scared to death for their life. They think that life here on this earth is as good as it's going to get. And they're fighting for things that it's about this earth. It's not about this earth. It's about the kingdom of heaven. And it's about God's kingdom coming here on this earth. So Lord, we just ask tonight that you would turn hearts towards you. Lord, we know that there are people all over this world. There are people here in America that they're chasing after a dream that's only going to lead to nothing. It's gonna lead to emptiness without you. Lord, there are people on this earth that are chasing after possession, whether it's possession of people, possession of land, possession of a religious system, possession of a dream of life, that, Lord, without Jesus, it's a chasing after the wind. And so, Lord, we just ask. We ask for you to open eyes, to open hearts. And, Lord, we ask that you would bring war to an end and bring peace because of a changed way of life. It seems impossible. It seems foolish to pray that, Lord. But, Lord, we ask for peace. Lord, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You established this covenant long ago, Lord. Lord, you long to give your peace. Lord, we ask that you would rid this world of sin and shame by drawing people unto yourself. We ask, Lord, that you would help hearts be turned towards you, that they could see that your will and your way is the way that leads to life. That, Lord, enemies can find common ground. Forgiveness would be the way that grace and mercy, rather than power and possession, would rule. And Father, we ask that you be the one, you be the one that receives all honor and all glory. Lord, there are so many folks that just have no idea what you have done for them. Lord, I pray that you would help them to see you, the true God, the true Jesus, the true way to life. Lord, I ask for freedom, freedom for people who are under bondage, whether they are enslaved literally by another person, or nation or whether they are in bondage to a bank or a lending agency we ask for freedom lord we just ask for your way to be the way and lord we ask that you would give life thank you lord for sending jesus thank you lord for taking the punishment for all of our sin thank you for 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 the most horrific way of death that you sent your son so that everybody on this earth can experience you. Lord, I pray that you help us. Help us as we see people. Lord, help us to see what we have. And Lord, help us to share you. Thank you, Lord, for this covenant. Thank you for the covenant that came long before Jesus came. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus coming. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus crushing the enemy. And thank you, Lord, for Jesus giving us the way to a full, abundant life with you. We praise your name tonight, Lord. We pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen.